0: Real Cuff Radio is about to
1: begin.
0: Everybody
2: loves a hero. I believe there's a hero in all of us. Welcome to Real Cuff Radio. This is Sandra, and Julie and I today will be interviewing award-winning author... Rochelle Decker, on her new book, Wind Through Deep Waters. We welcome you today, Rochelle. Glad you're here. And we're going to go ahead and let you tell what you want, and we have questions. So thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. One of the first questions, I read the book and went through it, and I don't read fiction, but I felt led to read your book. And what inspired you to write Went through deep waters?
1: Well, originally it started with visiting the location of Red Lodge, Montana, actually, which has never happened to me before. I have a very good friend in Billings, Montana, who I was seeing, went to spend some time with her. She took me up to Red Lodge, which is pretty close, about an hour drive from there. And the second I drove into the town, I knew I had to place a story in this setting. I was just so drawn to, it was very desolate, very quiet, and I feel very inspired. And so I started with a location, like I said, it's something I've, I've never done before. And from that, I thought, okay, what kind of story would be kind of cool, a little eerie, mysterious, suspenseful in a location like this? What kind of character do I want to really explore? And then ultimately, what kind of theme or lesson will my character take? What journey will she take? So it all started with just a, a, a trip to Red Lodge, which is where I placed the whole novel. Okay. Uh,
2: I, I hadn't read your first, your series, award-winning Christie series, but uh, it said that you, it was a little bit shift from your different previous series, which led you to pursue a new direction, which you just explained, but also the direction that the book went.
1: Yeah. Um, I think originally I had started off kind of in a sci-fi dystopian um, genre with my original series, um, so kind of post-apocalyptic. It really suited the, the themes I was exploring at that time and the characters I developed. I always like to try push and push myself as a writer do things that challenge me that are out of the box and then of course i want to create a really fun experience for the reader so i had done that i kind of wanted to take a different more mature approach as i've grown here into my early 30s i'm starting writing young you know in my mid-20s so now here in my early 30s my tastes have shifted and matured and i the kind of characters and stories i want to write about and tell have done the same, have had kind of the same projection where, where I just want to deal with themes that are a little bit more adult. Fantasy, sci-fi, this dystopian genre just didn't really fit what I wanted to do with this book. So I wasn't really sure what genre I was going to end up in um, and really ended up with you know psychological suspense, I would say, um, or suspense, m- mystery, and... Um, so that just came from figuring out what my story was going to be. Um, here I have this character in this town who is dealing with loss. So she starts to sense, have a sense of losing her sanity. Um, and just following the story and following the character led me into my genre. It wasn't as though I picked a genre from a hat and thought, okay, I'm going to write this kind of story. It kind of developed as I just followed my character and really tried to make her story as authentic and connectable as possible. You know, one
2: of the things when I was reading it, I thought this really applies more today. There's so many people that are going through personal tragedies, grief, and shame like we've never heard before. Did you feel that yes. when you were writing it?
1: Yeah, I definitely did. I personally have not dealt with the. Something as dramatic as loss. Um, so I think it's safe to say, because it's, I think, even in the description of the book, but, you know, she has a, a horrible death in the family right in the very first chapter. And so you have this lead character who has such deep pain and suffering from losing somebody she loves so dearly and her recovery from that. And that's not something I personally have experienced, but felt myself, I know enough and have been connected through friends and other family members who have dealt with that. And I've seen enough of it and been around enough of it. I really felt as though, even though I have not lost somebody immediately in my family to a tragic death, I connected to it really authentically. I mean, I had moments where I felt as though I had lost somebody writing this. Um, So it was an amazing journey, even for me as the writer, to kind of experience something so visceral and new and then you know I've as the book has been out now for about a month to connect with several readers I've been inspired and thrilled that lots of other people have connected with Allison because of cover from really feeling like our entire world is being destroyed to lose you know somebody you love so dearly um, and the real recovery from that so it's been fabulous to get to to see readers' reaction to Allison's story, Um, similar reaction that I had writing her. So it's been really a a real pleasure. Well, my
2: reaction when I was reading it, I was cheering her on because you were putting enough that I could see what you were putting in there. And I was thinking, you can make it, you can make it. Almost (laughs) as I was looking at at a real person. And as I went through uh, I continued that. So I really did enjoy it. And I've never experienced a personal tragedy like that. But it, all of us have gone through some things in our lives. What uh, what role did you think that your faith played in the story? Now, I know what I felt like you were showing, but.
1: Yeah, um, I just, is a, a, a great question. One I was just asked recently for the first time as well. And I think when I started off because I've been writing since I was 12 and writing full time since I was 25. um, So pretty young for most people who have a career in writing and just always knew this was something I wanted to do. And I think early on, it was just about telling great stories and, you know, making great characters and having it be a great read. And those are all very important. And of course, I strive to continue to achieve each of those. But as I have just developed my faith in a deeper and more concrete way, I find that I now really want to embark on journeys with characters that are totally wrapped up in faith. It's hard for me to separate faith and story at this point, um, which is a journey I've taken over the last seven or eight years. And so this story for me was really about identity. I, I end up talking about identity a lot because I think identity and faith go so they're so closely connected they go hand in hand um, we rest in Christ when we know who we are in Christ and our faith plays a huge role in knowing who we are and um, it becomes the foundation of our faith when I know who I am who who Jesus calls me to be who he says I am you know through his word then I have faith that can move mountains. Um, You know, these kind of typical things we talk about growing up, but starting to really understand those and ask, what does that really look like? What does it really mean to know what or who, who I am in Jesus? What does it really mean when he says, you are the light of the world, when he calls, you know, me his, when he secures me, um, when I've really given myself fully to him, and I think even, I mean, in writing this novel, I wanted to take a character who purpose is in the beginning of the novel is almost faithless, just you know, through life and tragedies of life, and a returning to um, a sense of you know being the light of the world, and that in the light in accepting that identity which Christ has given her, as he you know, as she accepts him, then she can deal with the shame and the loss and she can see beyond that and she can heal from that and she can be transformed through oftentimes what feel like very deep waters. Really the entire blueprint of the novel, it would be a much less powerful or not nearly as powerful a story and transformation if Faith wasn't the foundation of her her journey
2: I saw that you got a degree in communication how was that helpful in your pursuit of being a writer
1: yeah funny enough I don't know if it was <laughs> I mean it, it was a a degree that I got because I wasn't sure what I wanted to do I wanted to be a writer and my parents basically said okay that's all great and fine and we love that that's your passion, but." You should have a backup plan. Being Writing full-time, getting paid for it is very difficult. Um, you need to be able to support yourself, you know, just logical parent stuff. So they gave me an ultimatum, you can stay at home and pay rent, or you can go to school. And I was like, well, I don't want to stay at home and pay rent. That doesn't sound like fun. So I'll go to school. Um, Move to Nashville, Tennessee, went to Trevecca, Nazarene University, which has been in my family. I mean, most of my family, especially on my mother's side, have gone to that university so it was comfortable, I was familiar with the campus, really wasn't sure what I wanted to study, knew I needed to pick a degree and thought, okay, communications. I like to talk, I like to write, those are all forms of communication. Um, And then I had an an, an English minor because I love to write. And it was really always something that was kind of in the background for me, something I was pursuing in case writing fell through but writing was really something I intended to do it was kind of always my end-all be-all it was my dream Um, I loved the things I was exposed to in in my communication so a lot of interpersonal communication so the different ways cultures interact and how we can be saying the same thing but using different language and it's so we get confused So always thinking about that when I'm writing. Who am I writing to? Who am I writing for? What kind of language am I using? Because language is so important. Um, So I got exposed to a lot of that. Exposed to a lot of different kind of communication and psychology. How does the mind interpret communication and how important that is? And I'm using that sometimes when I'm fleshing out characters or thinking about the way characters would react. And so I feel like it probably – even though I didn't intend for it to influence, my writing did a little um, in minor ways. But really, I just needed a degree. Um, I just wanted to graduate, and com- communications was appealing to me. But writing was basically always the plan. Your website is excellent. Thank good. you. My husband yeah. did that.
2: It, it yeah, was very, yes. very good.
1: Thank you. Very I was telling you that. Very
2: creative. Uh, do you want to give any tips for others that aspire to write? And of course you may tell them
1: to
2: do a backup plan like college first.
1: <laughs> I mean, I always think, I, I think one of the great things, uh, well, one of the things I learned early on as a young writer is that you can't write what you don't know. So this was something I think I learned the hard way everybody does. I think it's one of the reasons why young writers, especially high school, college age, have a hard time really creating stories that are connectable. They haven't lived enough life yet. That was definitely um, my truth. You know, no matter what the circumstances are, there's just something very beautiful to time and maturity that just adds to your ability to tell a story and and a dynamic story. So you you can't write what you don't know. So go out and have experiences. So if you're young and you want to write, one of the main perks of going to college is you get exposed to things you wouldn't if you just stay in, in your comfortable space. So although I didn't necessarily think I was going to use my communication degree, what I have used a ton of are my relationships, are the you know failed crushes or romances that didn't work out, are the heartbreaks, are the, the moments of, You know, suffering and the moments of joy, these things that I got to experience because I was on my own for the first time in a safe environment. So college really lends itself to exposing you and giving you story to tell, which is hugely important when you want to be a storyteller. Um, So maybe college is enough just for that. Or do something, you know, serve on a missions trip or whatever. Get exposure to the world, to life, to people. That always inspires you to write better stories. So I would say get experiences if you're young. If you're not young and you have lots of experiences and you're just writing and and it's just something you've always wanted to do, then I always tell people write every day, whether it's for 10 or 15 minutes, whether it's for an hour, just for every day. Um, I heard somebody tell me once, and I will not be able to remember her name, which is terrible, but she said, if you sit down and you promise that you will write 10 minutes every day, that 10 minutes sometimes will feel like the longest 10 minutes of your life, or that 10 minutes will grow into an hour or two hours or three hours, and only by practicing every day and putting yourself in a space where you're constantly challenging this longing or desire you really have, do you find out if you really have what it takes? So write constantly. And then I always say, read a ton. Stephen King says, you should read four times more than you're writing. Now, I'm not sure if that's true for everybody. That's a lot of reading, depending on how much writing you're doing. But reading is it's a great way to get inspiration. It's a great way to expose yourself to the craft of writing to what other people are doing, what they're doing well, what they're not doing well. I think in this day and age actually, you can even get inspired by some of these great TV shows and movies that we have, just other forms of storytelling that help you that help you figure out what inspires you. Um, you know you should write what you want to read. You should tell a kind of story that you, want to experience so go experience stories and then tell your own you know
0: I will have to pass this on to my daughter because she's 11 years old and she reads about a book a day but there you go (laughs) she wants to be a writer and she's already started writing and writes all kinds of little short stories and everything else but that's what I keep telling her just keep reading keep reading because you you will find you know certain people have certain styles and, and then you'll start to develop your own
1: Absolutely. I mean when I first started writing I was certain I read all the Boxcar Children series um, and I was and then I wrote, read all the Nancy Drew and Hardy Boy books that's what I was reading when I was 11 12 13 and so all of my first short stories were about those things. And that's exactly how you learn is being exposed and then stealing like an artist um, which is what everybody does Because there's nothing new under the sun. We're all telling the same stories, regurgitated differently with our own personal spin, which is what makes them unique. But we're kind of mimicking what we know. That's how we learn and develop and grow. And so, yeah, tell her to keep reading, tell her to keep writing. You know, I started. I started at 12 years old. I wrote my first novella. It's terrible. No one will ever see it. But at 12, I wrote it with my cousin. And here we are.
0: Even though uh, you think it's terrible, at least you probably still have it to look, go back and look at, you know? I
1: do. I mean, begrudgingly look at. But, yes, <laughs> we do have it. You know, as a reader of Ted
2: Decker, today was the first day that I really read about him and his early life growing up as a missionary kid among headhunters in Indonesia, mm-hmm. a storyteller is much of his writing, and probably what you got when you were growing up as you said storyteller. That must have been an exciting life with your dad.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, he is definitely abnormal in a good way and uh, always kept life very interesting. And what he did exposed me to really young that I – many, many things. But one of the main things I always think of is he is a continuous searcher of knowledge. So he, is, he has like unquenchable thirst for understanding life. So he's constantly asking, why is this happening? Why do I feel this way? Where did this come from? Why is it this way? Why do we drive on this side of the street? Why do we wear dresses to church? Why? I mean, like little things, big things. What, is it, what does the Bible say when it says Jesus said this? What does this story actually mean? What is, why do I feel this? this kind of resentment? Why do I feel anger? All of these questions, he is always searching for answers, always searching for better, deeper understanding. And I saw that very young, um, and kind of have taken that on myself. Uh, I always tell people I write first to discover for me. So my first reader is me always. So when I sit down to craft a character in a story, And the theme, I'm asking myself, what do I not understand that I want to understand better? What do I want to experience? Because in the writing of the story, I experienced it first, and I want it to impact me. If it doesn't impact me, it won't impact anybody else. So I take that, I credit that kind of questioning and line of thinking to, you know, my dad, Ted, who just always did that and was just so hungry to understand, and I feel that now in me, and the only way I really ever satisfy it is through either like very, you know, meditating and, and devotion, which is huge, and then storytelling as well. And that helps me understand myself, understand the world, understand the people around me. I write to discover, and I then hope other people in reading do the same, discover things I've discovered while writing.
2: What are some of the future projects you're working on?
1: Yeah, I don't want to tell you, but there are future projects. I, we've got a, I've got a couple in the works currently. There, there will definitely be more from me, uh, more genres, uh, some surprises, and it won't be too long. So um, w- there's we'll definitely look- more coming.
2: We'll be looking forward. Okay, well, Josh, is there anything else that you wanted to share?
1: Oh, man. I i mean, just thank you guys so much for having me on the show today. It was a pleasure. I love to get the chance to talk about what I love so much, which is writing and storytelling. And uh, I hope that whatever experience you have reading through Wind Deep Waters, whether it's great, or whether you don't like it as much, um, if it's not your cup of tea, that you're challenged to really look at your identity and look at at uh, the role that shame oftentimes and, and depression oftentimes play in our lives and you know, really go on your own journey of discovering yourself more deeply. That's what I always want from anyone who reads my novels is just for them to sit back afterwards and have a moment of reflection and think, you know, and, and, and have a moment where what they read makes them think in some way or another, then I think that I've done kind of what I was put on this earth to do.
2: So, well, well, it was, it, it was one through there, but when I finished, I won't get say who, but there was one that I thought, oh, wow, she didn't make the right decision, but since it was fiction and I was reading it, I thought, no, I'm going to believe that she did make the right decision, so <laughs> I <It's laughs> without saying any names, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I thought it was precious. I thought it was precious. And I thought of so many people that I know that are going through things like that. And it caused me, I, I, I'm a, a many-year-old, 70-something-year-old, uh, but I've been on the streets ministering to people. And I come across some, and there's so much today that, that uh, the church world hasn't really seen. They're hurting people. Yeah. And, you know, that they're not comfortable in organized religion but they haven't really given the Lord the chance because they've not known about him. So that's kind of where I come from, but I did enjoy your book and and I did have one person make a a different decision that what it had kind of been left up to. So gosh, I thank you for being on our show and blessings and much success on your future projects
1: and life. Well, thank you so much.
0: Well, thank you for coming on. I, I enjoyed the interview. Uh, yeah, I look forward to seeing what you have coming out next. And uh, we've one of our sons reads uh, your, your dad's book, so we'll have to uh, let him read it next.
1: So. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. So what, what,
0: age, what age audience are you really reaching for?
1: Um, well, this, my first uh, trilogy, I would say, is Young Adult. So 16 to 26. Um, even though my, I will say my grandmother loves them. So I think it all just depends on what kind of reader you are. But it definitely gears towards the younger audience. The stuff that I'll be writing from now on, Winter Deep Waters included, is probably more uh, 25 to you know 70. So it's more of your yeah. middle, yeah, the uh, you know the general adult fiction. And I always usually geared towards really strong female protagonists. So I definitely think uh, they connect with female readers. But, you know, I have a lot of male readers who really enjoy them as well. So,
0: Sounds good. That was great.
2: That's a wrap for real, Cuff. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you.